Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Matt Johnson. Matt, you're an agency owner, and you are the host of the Microfamous podcast. You're found on the web at getmicrofamous.com. Matt, thank you for joining us. I'm super excited to be here. It's been a while since we spoke. I had you on my podcast, I think, at least two years ago. I know it was in the wow. the, the COVID, in the before times, as they're now known. Wow. Uh, so it's been a while, but uh, yeah, I'm glad we're together again. A lot happens in two years' time. So bring us up to speed. What have you been doing in the Get Micro Famous world? Well, I'm very fortunate that uh, the COVID did not uh, really affect the business at all. We kept right on trucking. I'm sure you probably had a similar experience. You know, that's one of the advantages of working with uh, higher level entrepreneurs. Uh, yes. They kept right on going. They were still driven. They still wanted to push. They still wanted to grow. And so I had one client uh, that cut down the frequency of what we do for them a little bit. Everybody else kept right on going. The business kept on bu- uh, building and growing. So very, very fortunate in that. And it speaks to um, it speaks to being really selective about who you work with. Because if I would have taken on a bunch of different other types of clients in the lead up to that, I would have lost half of my revenue in, in COVID. Yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, it was very, it was very reassuring. It, it built a lot of confidence in me that I had done a good job of, uh, of selecting the right niche, which I think is really critical. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think a lot of it goes to what you do as well, because what you do works. I'll let you explain what you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I come at it from the, the coaching consulting space. I got pulled into producing and launching podcasts for that crowd because that's what actually worked the best. At one point, I was a partner in three or four different ventures. We were using podcasting to grow all of them. Uh, and it just flat out worked. It was, you know, you and I talked before we hit record about it being the ultimate networking tool, yeah. which I've spoken about for quite a few years. And that's true. Um, uh, you want to get to the level beyond that, right? That, like to me, that's the lowest hanging fruit of podcasting. Ideally, you want to get above the the level of networking and or the level of interviewing your your prospects and into the level of building a super niche audience of your future prospects, right? Um, and that's that's really what the goal is for the podcast production service. So we take care of all the back end stuff, um, and uh, that way our clients show up on Zoom like we are now, have a great conversation, walk away, and we do all of it, including the uh, micro content for social media. We actually book all of their guests as well if they'll, if they'll let us. Um, we'll go out and find them influential people to talk to and just kind of handle all the logistics, all the client communication, the guest communication, all that stuff to make sure that they've got what they need to share at the episode. Because as you know, the biggest frustration of podcasters is guests that don't share their episodes. So we try to do as much as we possibly can uh, to help with that. Uh, it's not a perfect world, but uh, that's the world we live in. So that's what we do. And, and yeah, like you said, it, it, it just works. It works at multiple levels. And because it works, uh, we were able to keep right on going with the clients that we had and keep adding clients, even in a pretty tough environment. Yeah. So uh, obviously, again, you're, you're leveraging podcasts in a big way to help increase business. But at the mm-hmm. same time, 
Matt, there there are uh, plenty of broke podcasters out there. <laughs> so what's going on? Well, we only work with people that have something high ticket to sell, which I know is probably the most of the people in your world as well. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, that's the best position to be in is you have a business where you've already solved the other problems. Now, the biggest remaining problem you have to solve is just visibility. You are the type of person that when you are visible, you build authority and, and you earn people's respect. And, you know, like you have those things kind of figured out. Now you just need to be more visible. That's where a podcast can really help because they both hosting and getting out there and being a guest as well, which I recommend that everybody does. So you're working both sides of it. Basically, it, it starts to solve that visibility problem. So if you already have something to sell and the only problem is not enough people know about it, that's mm-hmm. the perfect position to be in. If you come to it from the other side, which is to get the attention first and then figure out how to monetize it later, that's the, it's a really tough position. I know somebody yeah. with, you know, millions of podcast downloads, can't figure out what to sell them. People with hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers can't figure out what their audience wants to buy. It's really, really frustrating when you get around those people and enough of them, you realize, wow, I'm, I'm actually really happy. I came to it with a product first. Yep. or a service or a program and then started the podcast to promote something specific. Uh, Cause I was able to um, it's just, it's, it takes a lot of pressure off and it means that you can have 10 listeners, a hundred listeners, but if they're the right people, you're making money. Yeah. And in the old school days of podcasting, I remember that the standard business model was start a podcast, grow your audience and then get sponsors and get into the the holy land of making that money with all that juicy, delicious sponsor money. <laughs> oh, yes. I have a whole chapter in the Microfamous book about how a, a terrible idea that is. Yes. Yeah. Why is that a bad idea? You and I are joking about it and it's meta yeah. for us, uh, but there's probably someone who's like scratching their like, why is he laughing? Yeah, no, it I sounds great, guy. right? It's it's <laughs> like, uh, oh yeah, like just build a YouTube channel, get to get you know thousands of subscribers, and then monetize. I don't see what the big problem is. Uh, yeah. The big problem, especially when it comes to sponsors, I'm sure you've experienced this, is that it's really hard to get a long term deal to work out well for both sides. Yeah. So for you as a podcaster, if you build an audience, look, there's somebody always willing to pony up the money to reach them, but that doesn't mean they're going to pay for longer than six months. And what you find a lot of time is just that hamster wheel of of sponsorships. And it burns out a lot of podcasters. It's very hard to find sponsors that are really in it for the long term that are going to write you a check month after month after month for years. That's just right. a very, very hard thing. It's hard to find that synergy. And it really is. That's what it is. It's, it has to work for both sides. It has to deliver ROI for both sides. And so for most people, that's not realistic. So your, your better odds are of either promoting your own high ticket or partnering with someone that has something that's really good and, and making yourself an affiliate to them. Yeah. And, and so um, how are you actually, so when, when a, a consultant that has a high ticket program, what are they actually doing on the podcast that's helping them drive revenue? That's a really good question. Cause ideally what I want them to do is to share information that's so specific that only their ideal client cares about it. So I'll give you an example, one of our clients, and this is like outside of the ballpark a little bit for us. So I was hesitant to take her on, but I'm really glad I did. She's a consultant. She's an OBGYN and she consults with other female physicians to help them negotiate better contracts. So when somebody works with her, they're probably negotiating a contract that's 30, 40, $50,000 better than if they hadn't met her. So she's able to charge a nice 10 or 15% chunk of that basically in her, in her client work or in her course. So she came out of the gate and she's doing a podcast that's only aimed at female physicians that want to negotiate their contracts. Now that's a, you know, it's big, but it's also very small. You know, I mean, in, in the world of podcasting, that's like, holy cow, will that, will that niche even support its own show? 
it's doing phenomenally well. It's got 83 five-star reviews in its first year, which is which are hard to get these days. They're not, they're not as easy to get as they used to be. And so she's doing really well, but it's with really hyper-targeted, super niche content that only her right people care about. And because the only the right people care about it, when people share it, it's exactly what they're looking for when when somebody shares it with them. If they're sharing it for that reason, it delivers them exactly what they want. Uh, and it earns her a lot of fans right off the bat. Yeah. Where do you see Matt, um, you know, again, having been in this world for quite some time and you've kind of seen the evolution of podcasts, where have we come to today? Like what, what are the trends that you've seen over the past few years and where would you con- continue to see podcasting going as the, the podcasting world, like as a platform over the next few years? Well, I see attention spans getting shorter. Uh, YouTube has a heavy influence on podcasting, and I think will will always uh, have an influence. I'm not optimistic about what what YouTube is going to do in the podcasting world in terms of them hiring a director of that space and getting like I have the YouTube Music app on my phone. It's you know when when I use it when I can't find something on the two other apps that are actually for music. So I don't. I'm not optimistic about YouTube jumping into the podcasting game. But YouTube does heavily influence how we consume content. And so you're seeing a lot of the trends that work on YouTube carry over into podcasting and shorter attention spans and shorter episodes are one of them. So I think I'm actually dropping an episode of Micro Famous here. It'll, it'll be out by the time this episode comes out mm-hmm. so people can go find it now. But it's on should you shorten up your episode? And I talk about why you probably should and some practical ways on how to do it, both if you're doing guest episodes and also if you're just doing episodes where it's you talking. Uh, How do you shorten up your average episodes so you start to bring your episodes in line with shorter attention spans? Uh, Because I think that's one of the big trends that's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is podcasting has a discoverability problem that YouTube doesn't have. So if you can take, um, if you can find a way to bridge the gap and take the same types of content and put it on YouTube, you have uh, an even better chance of being discovered as long as it's what YouTube wants. So there's a little bit of a sweet spot there. I'm tinkering around with that with with my show, taking, um, taking the same outline for an episode recording it as a podcast in a more relaxed form and then amping it up, putting the camera on and going up two lines at a time, three lines at a time, bam, 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 recording it as a video. And then having somebody professionally edit that into a YouTube video. So you take roughly the same content. It's not, it's not the identical same content. It's not repurposed or repackaged. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the same topic delivered in a way that is native to each different yes, place. Right, right. Just right. throw in your packaging stuff. YouTube, yeah. I've not seen that work real well. I mean, unless no. it's, uh, you know, but even like, you know, like a, some of your top billing, you know, Joe Rogan or whatever. So it's like, yeah, you know, they put enough them. into the production on that, that it looks all right, but it's, it's yeah. completely different format. If you're on YouTube, yeah. say, Hey, YouTube, you know, and then yes. you give them YouTube content. Yeah, yeah we, we've yes. tried. Uh, matter of fact, if you look at my uh, YouTube channel, you can see what a failure that was. <laughs> but you got to run experiments, right? You know, you run sometimes. So that's what I'm experimenting with. Yeah, because podcasting has that issue where it's something like 60% of growth is word of mouth. Uh, which sounds great, but what that really is is that's because Apple's neglected it for seven years. Yeah, <laughs> hasn't they just haven't built a lot of really good discoverability tools in. Yeah. So you've got to pick your niche really intelligently, really intentionally. Uh, if you get the niche wrong, you can have a great podcast and you can execute at the same level as a Rogan or a Tim Ferriss, and you won't get anywhere near the results. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think that there's you know thanks to agencies like ours and, and our friends that are in this business the execution gap has closed. 
you know, we're producing podcasts at the same level of quality as a Jordan Harbinger or somebody like that, you know, like the audio quality is comparable, the, the production behind it, the social media, the graphics that go out, there's, there's not as much of an execution gap anymore in podcasting. Uh, a lot of us are producing and executing at, at roughly the same level. The difference is, are we creating content that, that there's a starving audience for? Because if you're not, you can, you can execute at a high level and it won't work. It won't, it won't get you a lot of results. So you've got to figure out what niche are you in? Are you creating content that people are starving for and demanding and, and clamoring for uh, and go serve them? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I should also say too, that uh, I suspect that there are a lot of people listening to our conversation and um, there's a little bit of stage fright that's going on. Or I remember when, I, I mean, this was prior to the Savings Angel show. I mean, this was like eight years ago. And even though I had, by that point, I had already been on TV and media and radio, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, hmm. still podcasting was frightening for me because I felt like it was a new level of vulnerability. Like there was just something about, I'm going to fill up 20 minutes. Are you, there's no way. Like I was afraid people were going to judge me. I was afraid I was just going to be awful. Okay. Like, uh, I, I, you know, there was a lot of fear that went into it. How do you help someone overcome maybe that, that stage fright or their, their lack of execution because they're, they're afraid that it's going to not be great. You know, one of my, one of my clients said something really great. He's like, I didn't expect myself to get good for at least a hundred episodes. And so it's, I think a lot of it is just the humility of understanding that nobody was good when they first started out. And uh, if you look at your first episode and it looks a lot like the hundredth episode, it means you just really didn't grow. So the odds of you looking back a year or two from now and, and looking back at your first episode and going, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. That should not be you. Like you should expect to be unhappy with the first episodes you put out eventually because you grow and you learn and you get more reps. And so it's going into that understanding that that is the process. It's just getting reps. I mean, Adam Carolla had said that for years. And I remember him saying this yep. before I ever started a podcast. He's like getting good at radio. He's like, anybody can do it. It's all about reps. Get your butt in the seat and get your reps. And hearing that before I got started in podcasting was hugely helpful uh, yes. because I, because then it took the pressure off of me. I, I didn't have to be special. I just had to go get my butt in the seat and put my reps in and say, well, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned this book a lot, Atomic Habits. It lists it all out. I mean, that's the difference between, you know, champion weightlifters and amateurs is mm -hmm. champions just keep showing up, yeah. <laughs> you know, when the others get bored, uh, you know, the champions uh, will go on to, you know, record over a thousand episodes. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, you, we were talking about this, you know, problem with, you know, um, you know, broke podcasters. And, uh, you know, another uh, thing we see a lot of is uh, podcasts that don't make it very long. Like they mm -hmm. crank out maybe five to eight episodes and then that's it. Yep. <laughs> you know, the, the, the iTunes uh, historically has been littered with uh, dead dormant podcasts uh, that uh, for some reason the podcaster gave up. What I love about how you, Matt, work with your clients is that you're establishing a business plan first, right? Yep. And, and yep. there's, there's gotta be a business plan that is going to make this thing profitable soon rather than waiting until they get to the Holy grail of a big audience and then get that juicy sponsorship money. 
So um, listen, your website um, might get microfamous.com. When somebody goes there, like, what would you recommend? How do people engage with you? You know, how do you, how do people work with you? Well, I would say if you're interested in what I have to say and the whole approach of, of building a smaller, more focused audience, rather than just going for the maximum number of eyeballs uh, on social media, for example, you'll probably want to read some things that I have written there. Um, there's some really great pillar post content there in the blog. Uh, you can sign up for the email list and get on that. Uh, if you actually want to talk about podcasting, there's a link there for the full to the full website of our agency that shows you exactly what we do, where you can book a brainstorm call and you can actually chat about your podcast idea. So those are the two things I'd encourage people to do. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Again, the website, getmicrofamous.com. And then from there, the folks will be able to connect with you in uh, all the many different ways. Um, your, your podcast as well, um, that, that someone can listen to, right? go ahead and subscribe right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Microfamous, Microfamous podcast. You can just search for it to whichever podcast app you're listening to right now. Matt Johnson, again, agency owner, host of Microfamous podcast, getmicrofamous.com. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. (laughs) 